shitting on a truffet Puffing on the best cut buds Trying to get butt from Miss Muffet Me and Teddy Ruxpin Stirring up a ruckus Egging all the houses Smashing all the pumpkins Suck a dick butt kiss Chumps can't funk with the punk kids Ash Roth be the king of the blumpkins Any Tim Duncan Spur of the moment Afternoon, morning or night This is True Exact Show featuring Brian We decided to do a new series um, Which we thought of together Brian thought of the name it's called Lost in the Mix, and what we're going to do here is kind of delve into artists or rappers who like we were familiar with maybe 10, 15 years ago, and just what happened to them. Um, and this came about, I was at work probably on, on Monday or Tuesday, and I don't know if anyone remembers a guy by the name of Asher Roth back in 2009, 2008, when he hit the scene um, with... Um, uh, freestyle over, I don't even that remember, Millie. a Millie beat, yeah, and he, he had the Greenhouse Effect um, mixtape with Don Cannon, um, and then he kind of put out one album, and it just, if you ask kids now about Asher Roth, it's kind of like, who? And yeah. at that time, when we were younger, what made me delve into him was, I was like, I wonder what happened to him. So I just Googled him while I was on my break at work, not on the company time, of course. So I just Googled him, and I found that he did an interview actually last year for his 10-year anniversary of a sleep in the, in the bread aisle, which, um, which was interesting because I, I started to read into it, and his story was so interesting and back then, even 10 years ago, the internet wasn't as prevalent to find backstories of people. So you never knew how they really made it unless they did interviews unless at that did, time. Unless they did like a whole documentary yeah. thing. So like a little thing with people might not understand about when Asher Roth hit the scene. There wasn't a white rapper at the time other than Eminem who had hit the mainstream, Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, in like a big way. In a big way. Yeah. You had like, you were still waiting for the next M. You were waiting for like, who's going to be the next breakthrough white rapper? I th- I agree with that. But I think more importantly, you always have, like whenever the first person comes along to actually do something, especially um, in a field like music, that person kind of becomes the standard. So, I mean, before Eminem, who was it? Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice, MC Search, but, but uh, yeah, it, but but like you understand what I'm saying, like yeah, where Beastie that, Boys, that, that per- yeah, the Beastie yeah. Boys, like that was a person. Those were all people that you know they became the standard. Then whoever comes up after them, so then you're a white rapper like Eminem. Now you're immediately compared. compared. Um, and this this is like another thing. Like this is why I wanted to do this show on him first because like as two people who rapped as white kids growing up. Now, you were more, you liked him more than yeah, most I was, people. I was a fan of him. He was a fan of him. I had a vitriol disdain for him. <laughs> like, yeah. a, a disdain. You don't want to hear a fucking thing he did. And I, 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 it was so unfair looking back on it. It was yeah. so unfair. Our other white friends who rapped or listened to rap hated him. They hated him. There was like a, a hatred for this guy when he came into the scene from like, I want to say what most, what some people don't understand, you'll agree with this, about white kids trying to rap at that time. Not now. It's way different now. 
when you were a white rapper, you hated other white rappers. Yeah. You were so hard and critical of other white rappers because you thought in your fucking dream of dreams, you'd be the next one. You'd be the guy. Yeah. You'd be the next Eminem. Someone would hear your stuff and you'd hit the mainstream. So when he hit the mainstream, it was him. He he hit the jackpot. He was the one yeah. who the, the, the wheel stopped on. There was so many other white rappers, like Diabolic and Battle Rappers, Ilmac. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was just so many white rappers out already. But none of them broke through the surface like him. Yeah. Like, there was a lot well, of white rappers. But, like, they just weren't – they didn't hit, like, the the surface. They didn't – well, he also had kind of like a uh, a non traditional come up in in the way of like getting into being a rapper. Yeah, and this is where I'm going with this. I never knew the story, and after reading his ten his ten year story, yeah. you have such a different level of respect about him. Um, this is I found an uh, interview on UrbanLegends.com about Asher Roth and the ten year interview. So like you you're not really familiar with how it happened. Uh, somewhat. Somewhat. So. He, and this is why I say he hit the jackpot. He, it was like potluck. When you were on MySpace and you were putting out songs and you were trying to reach people, you would do something called Friend Blaster. Yeah. Right? Which was completely illegal. But it, it sent automated messages to people you wanted to be friends. Like, and you could have a message. Hey, new song from True Zach. Listen to this. And you'd send it to... 300 random people yeah. it, they, it would just generate and if you did it more than one time in a day you'd actually get banned from myspace for like 24 hours mm-hmm. like they wanted to cut down on that so he sent something like this along the lines through friend blast yeah. and one of the messages went to scooter braun yep. who found justin bieber actually and what are the chances that scooter braun i mean let's be honest like a guy like that just sitting around like probably had nothing to do just like all right, I'll check it out. You know, he happened to open it and it was a song. It was a song called like family man. I think, I think you want to say, I think it was called family values. family values. So Scooter Braun happens to like it. And he finds out Asher Roth's friend's number through MySpace. Right. So, it's, it says here his friend Boyd picked up the phone and Scooter Braun goes, um, tell me everything you know about Asher Roth. And the kid obviously like was like, huh? Like, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, like, and hung up. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> so he calls back and think about this. Like, this kid could have changed Asher Roth's whole life. He called back and Scooter Braun says, this is the most important phone call of your boy's life. Like, like get don't on the hang don't again. hang up so like he ends up getting asher on the phone asher is 21 now he flies out to atlanta gets him in a room with people so what, what i find like amazing is it, it he says in the story like he was so young you didn't savor the moment like you're 21 22 yeah, I appreciate it. and you don't even know like the basis of like how the industry where works. you are what's going Bro, on he, the people you're around yeah he picks everything. up his shit and just moves to atlanta yeah amazing like yeah. with a couple of his friends right so yeah. like you're out of your element like he's from pennsylvania so you're well, out did, of your element did it say also in there like how he actually got signed like what happened he says well it, it was interesting because he was crashing at like um 
Scooter Braun's place for a while until his boys went down to Atlanta. So he got put in with Steve Rifkin at SRC Records. So, but he describes how, like, he didn't understand the cultural, like, significance of him being a white kid from Morrisville at the time. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, he was an M fan, obviously. Yeah, I mean, was, if you're a white guy rapping, you, everyone's an M you, fan. Yeah. It's, like, automatic. But then he was like, him and Scooter, had, he had no experience like recording an album. Because when you were doing it on MySpace, you were just throwing freestyles up of other people's beats. Like a Millie yeah. beat and whatnot. And you were very, barely videos at that time. It was yeah. just your MySpace music. Because it, it was a weird well, moment. I, even then, even like recording, like if, at that time, if you didn't have a studio, like yeah. we didn't have all this equipment. No. Like you could just readily have. We were actually up. lucked out because our friend, well, our producer Evo had one in his basement. But other than that. It's like, like you had no. Oh, we would have been recording on shitty Blaze computer audio. mics and yeah. Blaze audio. You can't edit. Your voice sounds like trash. Yeah. So he he had no idea like what making an album even meant. Yeah. So like right there he's hitting like the industry like wall. Like <laughs> what do you mean I haven't made a song? Blah blah blah. And he would be like playing video games and like people would be like you should be working. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like working on what? Like what do you mean like making an album? So. Then I found he he really punched through the mainstream. Well, just I don't mean to cut you off, just to backtrack a little bit. There, when he had first moved, I remember reading about this. When he had first moved down to Atlanta, he didn't really understand kind of what was going on. And what happened was, Scooter Braun brought him to a party or something. There was, it was an industry party at I forget someone's house. And uh, I mean, this is this is something like I said. I read that he had said. And he was brought to the party, and something there, I guess Scooter Braun, he said he wanted to see if he was humble or not. So he told him to, like, go help people set up and carry paintings in or some shit like that. And so he went and did it because he's like, yeah, whatever, I don't give a fuck. And then um, what happened was they did this thing at the party. I forget, like I said, I forget whose it was, but the, all the employees had to sing a song. And... They, it came to him because he was helping them work. And they were like, all right, what song are you going to sing? And he was like, well, I don't really sing. I don't really do anything like that. And they were like, well, you know, you're working. Just sing a song. And he sang a song by The Temptations. And people were, like, joining along with yeah. him and singing him. He was, like, moving the crowd. And he said he had looked over to Scooter Braun. And that's when Rifkin was there. And Rifkin said, like, gave him a nod, yes. And he thinks that's the moment mm -hmm. where they realized that they were going to sign him. So, that, like, yeah, it, like we said, like, hit the jackpot. Like, he was very fortunate, which he admits. It's not like... Oh, yeah. Like, he knows it. But, like, like he said, he didn't understand what, like, being a white rapper meant at that time. Like, you were the first one since M with really a mainstream following. You were on the yeah. radio. Like, so, then he came out with the song I Love College. Well, that and then people started putting him up because his mixtape was actually yeah, really the greenhouse good. effect, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the lyrics were really on point. Like, it wasn't just nonsense. It wasn't... Which, I mean, it wasn't super but deep. which goes into the I Love College song. Yeah. Because he was, you could actually argue, like, his bars are pretty in-depth. Like, he's a lyricist, I would say. I hate using that term, but, like, he's more lyrical than anything. Yeah. So when he wrote I Love, he obviously needed that radio hit. Like, yeah, so he was just standing around, like, playing a video game or something like that. And he said the words to his friend, that party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we taped it. And that's the beginning of I Love College. And he even gives his friend credit. Without his friend, that song doesn't get made. 
Because yeah. Asher Roth even said, wow, that's the worst line ever, which it is. It's a horrible song, like, as oh, far as, like, thing, lyrics absolutely. and stuff. So Asher Roth, he was like, his friend goes, no, nah, keep going with it. So they, like, wrote it in, like, five minutes, and they just, like, recorded it over some beat. They had to hunt down the guy who made the beat because the guy, like, had uploaded it. Mm-hmm. So they hunted him down. He was in, like, California or something. That's crazy. So then they had to tell the guy, hey, we want to record this track on your beat. And the rest is history. They did the video, and it got like fucking. It really broke him into everything. Yeah. He was on. He was on like slaughterhouse lines. Like they'd make lines about. It. I remember college kid like Asher Roth yeah. or like trunk full of white uh, Asher Roth, and so he was like a part of the culture yeah. at that point. But like, as a matter of what happened to him, which is so insane because you thought that he would be the one. But he kind of just, it was that weird time in 09, 2010 where like. Shit was just transitioning. Changing. It was man. transitioning to like, I want to say gimmicks were becoming a thing. More sing along type stuff. Sing along, yeah. And he sadly had the, had the, um, he sadly had the, the job. He was the first one. That he, someone quoted this in here, which he's so right. Unfortunately, the first one through the door ends up the most bloody. Absolutely. He had the unfortunate job of taking on that crown of being the next M. And I think it was so heavy. The hatred from even white rappers. Yeah. It was never going to happen. It just, it was like beat him that we'll never like him even if I do like him. Because who the fuck does he think he is? Yeah. Type of thing. That should have been me. Well, well, the thing is with. That's my take on it. And I was guilty of it. Yeah. I was guilty of it. Like, and, and looking back on it, with the white, white white rappers now, it's not even an issue. It's not like, you're not even looked at as a white rapper. Like, it's just, there's so many. Yeah. Like, it's just like, that guy Karab, who cares? He's white. Like, but like 10 years well, ago, even, it was so different. Yeah, it definitely was different. But the I, I think one of the main issues was the fact that I, I feel like you always have to remember this. Eminem opened the door, but he also closed it behind him. Focused. There was a white rapper, Focused, who is like an interesting yeah. story on SoundClick. He said that like in one of his lines. Yeah. He opened many doors, but he opened many doors, but then closed it behind him. He paved the way. Now there's too many to try to mime him. Yeah. It's like Focused. But, it's, but the thing is, like you... I understand the concept of like, okay, you're a white rapper. You're going to get compared to the greatest white rapper, arguably the greatest rapper of all time. Um, you you kind of can't compare because you're talking about a guy in Eminem that grew up in the household that he did. Everyone knows the backstory. Yeah. I'm not going to go into it. But And then you're going to compare him to a kid that went to college and he's just the party type and like he's just making stuff. But he's more than, he was more than that. You know that. Yeah, he He just portrayed the frat boy thing. Well, that's what they, like he would be like a barstool sports type of employee. You compare him to, but it it was unfair to box him in there. But the the thing is about anything mainstream, they need something to market you. Yes. It's not like, okay, well, you know, you just be you and we're going to, we'll go off that because you is uh, individually is not going to sell. There's always a, a, a focus. There's always a target. So they're saying, oh, okay, well you have this song called I love college. All right. You're the college guy rap about yeah. dumb shit. Like, and then it was the impossible 
from my perspective, from what it seemed, he didn't say this or anything, but it seemed impossible for him to go back to the lyricist part because at that point you're in, you're, you're boxed guy. in, and then yeah, and it sucked. It was unfortunate for him. And, and I don't even want to say it was a one hit wonder because he's still putting no. stuff out, oh, yeah, which is still... like he's still putting stuff out. If you yeah. want to catch him, well, his he music's does his own still thing. good. He does his own thing, but it's just the backstory of him was so much more interesting. Than I ever thought it would be. Well, I think one of the main problems with him, like if you if you watch an interview of him now, he's a totally different person. Yeah, like he's humbled he's, too. Like he's, he's very humbled. He's also very uh, introverted, where he thinks about a lot of things that go on inside him. He's like one of those people, like you know, powers in the universe and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I actually I appreciate the way he views a lot of things. But I think what happened was, look. Regardless of who you are, at 21 and at 31, you're two different fucking completely people. Completely different people. You are completely You look at your people. lyrics from even when we rapped 10 years ago, the lines are so much different. Your well, thought even, process. But not you don't even have to put it in a rap aspect. Look at just the clothes that you wore. Yeah. The shit that you liked. Like fitteds and a thermal. The like who thing, wears that at Yeah, 30 the then? things that you thought when you were 18 years old. Mm-hmm. You don't think of when you're 31, 32. I mean, if you do, well, yeah. then Think about how combative and mature. defiant you are at that age. Yeah, exactly. And then you look back like, I was a shithead. Well, here, here's another thing. An 18-year-old. All right, remember when we used to play basketball at night and the cops would come? Yeah. And be like, what the fuck? Why are they coming here? We're not even doing anything wrong. We're just trying to play it basketball. It was just their job. They're just doing their job. And it's and not like, like, and to be fair to the cops who did that, they would never force like no. their muscle on They us. actually like, yeah. would feel bad. They'd be like, I hate to do this to you guys, yeah. but you guys got to go. And they'd be, like, they'd, the be like, they'd be like, finish your game. I'll be back in five minutes. Make sure you're gone. Yeah. And if you weren't gone, now there's an issue. Now there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. But, but the point that I'm making is like, when you're 18 years old, you don't understand that. No. And you're like, fuck the cops. That's why everyone well, fucking hates cops. And that's why he got signed at 21. Like, your life changes. Like, now you're at parties. Like, you're, yeah. like you said, you're probably having a lot of fun. You're not doing no. what an average 21 no. Look, this is, this is the problem with all, like, any entertainers, especially at a young age. We look at these people, right? We say someone like, all right. Any of the the nonsense little rappers now, like someone like uh, I don't know, I don't even fucking know any of them. Like a, like any like what do you mean? Like a new rapper, like little somebody, whoever the fuck, <laughs> yeah, one whatever. of the fucking retarded names. But like, they do something stupid. It's yeah. like oh, they go on Instagram and they they put you know they took a picture of them taking a shit and now it's out there for everyone to see. It's like you didn't do dumb shit when you were eighteen. No, 19. yeah, I agree with that. But the thing is. They're criticized on such a higher level because <clears throat> they're in the public eye. Yeah. But I they're it. making those mistakes. The same mistakes that we all yeah. make. Their mistakes are just portrayed on a, a larger scale. And you don't get and an opportunity. Sadly, though, at that age with what he was involved, like he had so much more to lose if he didn't recognize. Like, like if you don't recognize that at a young age in the position you're in, you have so much to lose because you have so much to get. Yeah. Like you're in like you're signed. Like you just hit with I Love College. Like – if you were, if you had a thirty-two-year-old mind in that twenty-two-year-old body, you might have made different moves. Yeah. And it's not like he made bad moves. I just, he, he even mentioned in the interview, he never, he didn't feel like anything could go wrong because you're so like, yeah. and all of a sudden, like, all right, this hit, like, I'm not making another hit. This one, they're saying no. You know what I mean? And it well, just becomes so different. But the to end this, just I stand by this, and I mentioned it too. Without Asher Roth. And it mentions it in this interview, one of the best things that was written in it, 
There's no new wave of white rappers. No. He was the first one. He opened that second door. Mac Miller was You don't right have after a Mac Miller without Asher Roth. You don't have an MGK. You don't have a G-Eazy. You don't have yeah, none them. None of them. Because one of them would have had to take the torch. Yeah. One of them would have been the next white guy who made it. Yeah. And they would have been bloody through the door. Yep. You don't have a fucking Macklemore. Well, it's almost like a sacrificial It's lamb. It's crazy to think about. And, like, it's... He... I never thought I'd say this. Like you said, 10 years. If you would have told me, like... Like, Asher Roth deserves so much credit for yeah. what he did for the new wave of these white rappers who might not even know who he is. You know? Most of them probably don't. It's crazy to think about. Because most of them don't even know rappers that are in the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, like, and it's just... And the one thing, too, which is important to artists coming up, <clears throat> which Asher Roth mentioned in the interview, is... He always felt accepted by the culture. He was never labeled a culture because he was himself. He yeah. walked in with flip-flops and just his college kid. And that's what we always stress. We used to rap with a couple of people who, when black people were around, they'd act completely different. Oh and you're God, just like, what are you doing? Words. It's like, just be you. Just be you. Stop. We were always ourselves. Don't change the way you talk. Don't yeah. say it. Don't you're insulting the them. You're insulting yeah. them. Just be yourself. And he always was himself. So he was never looked at as this like uh, a cultural appropriation type guy, if yeah. you want to do that. But give the what are the plugs? Oh, log on to the uh, – follow the, the Facebook page. Like and share it. It's facebook.com slash trueexactradio. Also, the YouTube, and go on to the Instagram, follow on there. It's True Exact Radio. And go look up some Asher Roth, because he's still rapping. And if you ever watch this, Asher, I apologize for my 10 years ago vitriol disdain for you, because you deserve way more credit for these new white rappers. I and you were better, I yes. And you. you were better than all these fucking turds out who are the new wave of white rappers. And I'd give my left nut... For him back and all these other ones gone. Now I have a vitro disdain for yeah. the new white rappers. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> 10 years from now you'll be like, yeah, be man, dead. I sure wish they would take my apology. 